Father's Day is a celebration honoring fathers and celebrating fatherhood, paternal bonds, and the influence of fathers in society. To mark the day, we're doing a special extra episode of the Real Cancer Podcast. Unlike other episodes, this one doesn't focus specifically on cancer, and it doesn't feature a conversation with a single individual. Rather, this crowdsourced episode includes the voices of seven sons, daughters, mothers, and fathers reflecting on what they are thinking about on this Father's Day. I'm Diane McDaniel, and this is the Father's Day special episode of Real Cancer. This is Diane McDaniel. On Father's Day this year, I'll be thinking about my father, Vern, and I'll be thinking about the qualities of a good father. When I was a child, I felt much closer to my father than my mother. I would tell my friends that he was my preferred parent. Vern was all about fun and enjoyed doing childish, reckless things. One of my earliest memories of my father is of going for a day hike together in the Santa Monica Mountains. I don't recall the hike up the hills, but the way we made our way down was memorable. The steep path was covered in scattered stones, and with some sticks in hand that we'd picked up along the way, we shuffled our feet down the hills, pretending to ski, slipping and sliding and spending a lot of time on our butts. We were covered in dust and laughing when we got back to the car. I knew that my mother would have never allowed us to create such a mess of our clothes and ourselves, and had as much fun had she been with us. When our family would go to the beach with my cousins and their parents, Vern would spend the majority of the time in the ocean, body surfing and playing. He'd take my cousins and me each individually by the hand and help us dive under the waves until we arrived in the smooth water beyond the surf. Out beyond the waves, we had the ocean to ourselves. He and I would look around and see my cousins playing in the surf and my mother, aunt, and uncle sitting on the beach so far away from this extraordinary oasis of calm water. Thinking back on it now, I can say that out there in the deep water, I felt protected by him. During my teenage years, our close relationship became strained, and although we live near each other and see each other regularly, we've never regained the closeness we had during my childhood years. Perhaps it's not an unusual situation that the special bond during childhood doesn't continue to grow as the child grows into an adult. Although we don't have that close emotional bond, in many important ways, he's there for me whenever I need him. And I'm there for him. As I've become a parent and thought about what I hoped for from my husband in his role as a father, I see how much my expectations were guided by my experience of those early years with Vern. I wanted my children to have the playful, silly, daring, connected, close, fun relationship that I had growing up with my dad. As I can only see it from my own perspective, it will be for them to tell their story of fatherhood when they're ready to reflect on it. Thinking back on some of the things my father did when I was a child, which at the time I found marvelous, I'm astounded how some of the choices appear questionable through my adult eyes. And yet, 
That was the time in our relationship when I felt most connected to him. On this Father's Day, I'm thinking about the qualities that I cherish in my own father and in other fathers, and how this day gives me the opportunity to think about influences, actions, and legacy. My name is Richard Hoff. On this Father's Day, I'm reflecting on how I got here and where I'm going. While I may not have known my entire life that I was gay, the years when being a father were most likely to occur for me, that's when I knew I was gay. And in the 1980s and 1990s, becoming a gay father, an out gay father, biological or through adoption, was a most unusual course of action to take. It just wasn't going to happen unless I was so committed to that concept that swimming upriver through schools of piranha and crocodiles was my only heart's desire, and I just wasn't ready for that. But science and life have ways that may lead us to revisit the impossible. As my relationship with my then-partner of ten years continued to deepen, we knew we wanted more from life than fun and friends, work and causes to support. Skylar and I had both enjoyed fantasies into the realm of fatherhood when we were children, and we were able to unearth those feelings after some years together. Our love and commitment were strong, our life was good, and we agreed that the most logical next step was to create a loving family to have a child whom we could share our love, passion for life, and our values and good fortune. Long story short, our daughter was born through surrogacy in June 2007, one month after our legal wedding in Montreal, Canada, and two months after we had enjoyed our three-week honeymoon in Europe. The most Unremarkable comment I find about parenthood, out of thousands to choose from, is when someone warns you, you know, your life will change more than you ever could imagine. I would only add to that, or more than I wanted or feared would happen, I and we have fallen ever more deeply in love with Summerin from day to day and year to year, ever more conflicted between the certainty that we are doing the right thing for her and the fear that we may not. And I wonder how my dad did it all, working three jobs to give us a almost middle-class life and all the support needed to apply to college. And then he died before I went off to university. Was I always worthy of his sacrifice? Appreciative of all he did for me? No, definitely not. Am I now? Yes, I think so. Finally. Our daughter's smile, laughter, and jokes are a warm-up to many hugs, kisses, and even tears. Always, there are the questions and answers, 
fears and frustrations, challenges and successes that are there to greet her every day, and how that roller coaster of thoughts and emotions not only belongs to her, it is shared by us all, like the three of us going to see the movie Wonder Woman. Is our daughter strong enough for this world? Have we been guiding and teaching her well enough? Will we be able to let her go, even when we have no choice? Like the roller coaster she loves to ride, the travels through life are sometimes bumpy, sometimes scary, and oftentimes exhilarating, but always to be explored. And like the famous Mr. Toad's wild ride, we and our parent friends are crossing borders and climbing mountains never before anticipated or fully appreciated. Oh, the places we have gone and continue to go. This is Debbie Pomerantz reflecting on Father's Day. When I was growing up, I always remember I was always very happy to see my dad. I would long for him to come home when I was as young as five, and I would run to the door, and he would take me into my arms. And my dad was always a very affectionate dad. He'd pinch my cheeks and grab my chin and ask me how I was doing in school. And little impressions like that always impacted me when he took time to build a, a cardboard plane with me all afternoon, when he read books that were above my level, like Uncle Tom's Cabin, when I was in fourth grade. And he would take little moments like that. Unfortunately, after my parents were divorced, he had trouble showing up on time for visits, if he even showed up at all. He was very unstable in his own life. Um, but he still, when he was in my presence, would look at me in a way that he loved me and made me feel like a special little girl. I'm lucky enough to have been married 27 years to Jeff, and I've married a man who, unlike my dad, is very consistent and always shows up. We have a daughter in fourth grade and a son who just finished his first year of college. Not only does he go to all their school events and parent-teacher conferences, he's never late. He's, if anything, he's always rushing me there. And he started saving for their college educations when they were very, very young. He provides for the family and worries about our futures. And although that may sound traditional, it's just the way he is in terms of family being a very important and number one thing to him. And although my dad had a seed of that in terms of when he did spend time with me, to have a man that actually lives it every day is so important. So on this Father's Day, I just want to say I'm grateful that I was able to honor that and choose a husband like Jeff that really does show up for his family. And I want to Wish every father who does that as well a happy Father's Day. This is an entry from Lewis Browning who asked me to record it for him. I could not figure out how to record my entry, and so I am sending it to you this way. 
getting too old and stupid to use these modern devices. Just wanted to say that as the father of four wonderful children, now all grown up, it has been the most rewarding thing in my life and has given me just terrific happiness. I'm thankful for these blessings. Hi, I'm Nicole Browning. Father's Day to me is a day to express out loud all the gratitude I have for my dad every day. My dad, or more affectionately known as Pops, is 93 and he is still as sharp as a tack and as active as a 70-year-old. Driving, yes, he passed his test, gardening, walking, swimming. He's remarkable in just so many ways. When my dad turned 90, I gave him a birthday gift. It was a trip with me to any national park that was on his bucket list. He chose southern Utah. So off we went, our walking sticks in our hand, and after special sun gear that we had to buy, we went off to explore that amazing part of the country. We hiked, and we hiked a lot, through Bryce Canyon and Zion and the Slot Canyons. We shared a really deep appreciation for the awesomeness of nature and the vistas we were seeing. He knows how to stop and smell the roses, so to speak. So we paused together, taking it all in. And my soul stirred, standing in these spiritual places with my rock, my dad. People stopped us along in the way, wanting to know his secret to such great health. Did he eat really well? Did he exercise? And I would always have to laugh, as this was a guy who started his day with sugar-frosted flakes and Entenmann coffee cakes, and the gooier and the sweeter and the more sugar, the better. But then again, maybe that is why he is also the sweetest dad ever. He was a surgeon, and though retired, he tells us now that he still dreams of doing surgery. When we were little kids, he would take us on his hospital rounds so that we could send, you know, good cheer and giggles to some of his older and lonelier patients. Patients really loved my dad. He had this remarkable bedside manner, and he truly cared, and it was authentic. As a doctor, his life really was given over to caring for others, to saving lives. It was humbling. He gave us the greatest gift in showing us that compassion and generosity of heart were what we should all aspire to, even if we weren't going to be doctors. We should succeed in any ways we wanted, and he really encouraged that. But by his example, he also made it clear that no success mattered if we didn't have love in our hearts. My dad has so much love in his heart that I often wondered why it didn't explode. I'm a very lucky woman. My dad is one of my very best friends. We talk daily. We help each other. We share our problems and our accomplishments, however small they may be. 
We take trips and excursions and we laugh together. He is present in my children's lives. They adore him. My husband is his bud, as they are so similar in their capacity to love and give and joke. Sometimes I put my dad on the speakerphone at a dinner party that I might be having from afar so he can tell us a few of his favorite jokes. I'm in awe of his ability to even remember jokes as I can hardly tell one five minutes after hearing it. He cracks up our guests and me, and even from another city, he manages to send just great positive energy our way. He has been one of my biggest blessings, and I will remain forever grateful for all the love he has given us and for all the love he taught us to give. Happy Father's Day. Hi, this is Stephen Weiss-Smith, and on this Father's Day, I am thinking to something very recently of when my son was playing in his first basketball game. I was so excited for him to join the team, not because he needed to be a part of sports, but because he was part of something bigger than himself. And watching him out there on the court, he was having so much fun just being in there and being in the moment. And I was cheering for him and cheering and cheering. And then as the ball moved around faster, I started to yell and yell and then started yelling, get in there, get the ball, what are you doing? And suddenly I covered my mouth. I couldn't believe I was yelling at my son. I was happy for him to be out there, but now I was yelling at him? I couldn't help but then flash back to a time when I was 13 years old. My sport was soccer. It wasn't exactly the sport itself of how to score goals. It was more about running down that field, back and forth, kicking the ball wherever I felt like it. I was carefree. I loved to play. And then I would hear my father on the sideline saying, what are you doing? Get the ball. Get in there. And simply not the cheerful type of thing you want to hear when you're just playing around. Well, after the game, what would usually happen was I'd be sitting there staring at him and him staring at me. And he would say, looks like you had a lot of fun out there, didn't you? And I said, I sure did. Okay, then, what did you do wrong? I looked back at him and thought, hmm, I don't know. I don't know what I did right. Well, one day, which was a big day, it was Father's Day, when all the fathers on our team got to play all the fathers on the other team. Boy, was this a funny sight. Seeing all these older guys wearing knee braces, some of them having their shin guards on backwards, their headbands soaking up lots and lots of sweat, and one poor guy holding his back as he wobbled towards the goal. I was there standing, watching in amusement, when suddenly, wham, my father rammed right into another father. Both fell to the ground. They both got back up, and what I thought was going to be a friendly gesture of, oops, sorry, but instead, the one father shoved my father, then my father shoved him. He shoved back, 
and my father, being still very competitive, shoved him back. Now there was a full brawl going on, and it wasn't just my father and the other guy. It was all the fathers shoving, pushing each other around. It was like all the tension from their work lives was being displayed in front of us as they got their tension out in this ridiculous, full-on Father's Day brawl. I couldn't help but be giddy and horrified at the same time. Afterwards, while all the other fathers were licking their wounds, I sat in the car with my father, staring at him. And I said to him, Boy, sure looked like you had some fun out there. And he looked back with me with a simple scowl, which I immediately followed up with, What did you do wrong? At that point, he smiled and then started laughing. And that was the last time my father yelled at me from the sidelines. For after that, he simply cheered and understood that I simply loved being out there. Not too long afterwards, at the age of 13, my father succumbed to cancer. I did think about that day and wonder, would I too one day grow up to be the dad that cheered my children on? Or would I be the dad that yells at them? And then when I became a father, I realized, wow, I guess I'm both. I guess he was both. I'm guessing so is his father. And what will my children be? Yellers or cheering types? You know, I guess when I look at them, I see the reflection of my father and me and my grandfather and his father before him. Because frankly, we're all interconnected through the stories that we tell each other, which is the reason why I tell stories and help others tell their stories so that each generation gets to know the father that came before them, not just because they're dad, because of the person who they are, and that they can sit here today and share a story like I'm sharing right now. So on this day, I would like to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers of all ages. May we all continue to share our stories in our lives with our children, and may we continue to have a happy, happy Father's Day. This is Elise Caffey. I'm a mom of three, an editor, and a world traveler. On Father's Day, I'm thinking about my husband, the father of my three daughters, and what he shows me every day about how he views his role as a father. He is a fun dad. Well, I'm a little bit more serious. And he takes my girls on daddy dates and teaches them about music, trying exotic foods, and adventuring, and a lot of topics I know nothing about. He speaks Spanish with my girls, helps them set goals or learn new skills, and basically makes them feel like they can do anything they set their mind to. He is the perfect opposite of me, and I think my kids are lucky to have a little bit of each of us. I'm also thinking about my dad, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease 10 years ago in his early 50s. His life changed completely, yet he has managed it with such grace and optimism. He has created a new future for himself that is very different from the one he envisioned. And amidst all the hard things in his life, he only focuses on the positive. I was particularly inspired as I traveled with him to Europe recently, his first international trip in 10 years. He used to travel weekly and monthly around the globe, but his disease has slowed him down. This trip wasn't easy for him, but he did it, and it was such a great experience. 
I've also loved watching him become a grandpa to 12 grandkids over the past nine years. The lessons he teaches me continue to influence me daily. These two men are tremendous examples to me in different ways, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to celebrate them on Father's Day. Hi, this is Lisa from The Lymphatic Message. For this Father's Day, I'm thinking about how I'm in my mid-40s, and this is going to be one of the first Father's Days that I'm not spending with my father. When I was growing up, my dad was someone I was scared of and someone who I ran to whenever I was sad. He would sometimes yell at me and my brother when we weren't listening, and he would say, what am I talking to the wall? Or sometimes he would yell at us when we were up to mischief like lighting our farts on fire or throwing darts at our grandma. But he was also the dad who would coach my brother's baseball games and who would pile us into the station wagon and take us camping with our pop-up mini trailer to the Grand Canyon and to the Colorado River. He would take us fishing and at home on weekends, he would take us to the organic garden in the valley that my mom used to like to grow flowers and vegetables at this father's day i'm also thinking about how when i was younger he scared the crap out of all my friends screaming at them if they walked by the tv and got in his viewing way i'm thinking about how when my mother got sick he was the one who took us to ice cream he took us to Farrell's and he took us to Baroni's Pizza in the Valley when she was in the hospital. I'm thinking about how he was the one who was there to let us know our mother had passed. We were coming off a tennis court with some friends. It was December 24th. And he just held us. And even though I wanted to die in that moment, I also knew he would always be there for me. And he was. He became my mother and my father. He became the most supportive, encouraging, loving person. Whenever I wanted to go travel, he would always say, go, do it, Lisa, go. If there's somewhere I wanted to be by myself, he'd always say, do it, go. Occasionally when I would bring a boyfriend home, which I didn't do too often because I knew he wouldn't approve of many of my choices and boyfriends, he'd always say, don't rush into anything. You have a lot of life to live. He is the person I would always cry if I, when I called if I had a car accident or if I had amazing news to share. When I got bit by a dog a potentially rabid dog in India and I had to have rabies injections and I was planning on spending a year traveling in Southeast Asia. Most parents would have said, honey, come home. And my dad said, can you keep going? And I said, yes. And I kept traveling for the next five months looking for rabies injections in Nepal 
in the outskirts of villages of Thailand and India. When I moved back to Los Angeles in 1998, it was because I knew I wanted to spend time with my father before he, like my mother, got sick. I had been living in San Francisco for 10 years and seeing my dad when I came home for family events a couple times a year. But really for the past 18 years, I've been really able to have an adult relationship with my dad. I've been able to be there with him for the difficult times in my life, but also the amazing times in my life. He's been able to see me get married. He's been able to be at the birth of my children. And he has been able to just come over and play blackjack and crazy eights with my kids as they've gotten older. He has been a supportive rock for me and for so many of the people that he knows in his life. I recognize in the therapy that I've done that I've definitely put him on a pedestal. And I recognize now, as he's in his late 80s, that he's a fallible person, that he's not perfect, that he's not the pedestal. Or I should say that he's kind of, you know, just sitting on a chair, (laughs) not that pedestal anymore. And there's been aspects of his personality that lately I've had to kind of recognize as being human and less than ideal. And I've had to grapple with the fact that he's not the sum of everything, the perfection and the imperfection. But what I do know on this Father's Day is what I've always said to my brother and to my friends, which is I have had the most loving and supportive father. And I recognize that a lot of my friends don't have that and didn't have that. And for as long as I live and as long as he lives, I'm always going to know that he's always been there for me. And even though I'm not spending this Father's Day with him, because I'm taking a road trip (laughs) and doing something for me, I really do know that I've always been supported and loved by him, and he has always had my respect and my love. And I see that we are all human beings, and I recognize that there are so many marks and scars that our parents can leave on us and sometimes they're aware that they're doing it and sometimes they're not aware that they're doing it I'm sure I'm doing it to my kids without knowing it but on this Father's Day I'm not just thinking about him I'm thinking about my siblings and I'm thinking about all of my friends and all of their relationships with their fathers and the only thing I really can think of is to send everyone out there love and gentleness today because a relationship with your father can be so rewarding and I recognize it can also be so complicated and disappointing and I just hope that everyone finds peace within themselves about their relationships to their fathers to their children's and to their loved ones and I wish everybody really a beautiful, wonderful, loving Father's Day. 
My father always used to say to us as kids, you have no idea how much joy being a parent will actually bring you. And he was right. Being a dad has been a wonderful blessing in my life, in my family's life, in our lives. As well, when I think about Father's Day, I can't help but marvel at the wonderful example that my father set for his children to be kind and generous and loving and present to the degree a surgeon who worked round the clock could be present. Thank you for putting together this great opportunity for us to muse on the wonder of fathers and sons and daughters and wives. Love, PB. That's it for today's episode. Thank you to the following individuals for submitting your thoughts on Father's Day. Louis Browning, Nicole Browning, Philippe Browning, Elise Caffey, Lisa Gainsley, Richard Hoff, Debbie Pomerantz, and Stephen Weiss-Smith. We'd love to hear from you and find out why you listened and what you like about The Real Cancer Podcast. Please email your feedback to realcancerpodcast at gmail.com and leave a review on iTunes. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to Real Cancer on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Real Cancer on Twitter at Real Cancer Pod. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel.